Hi everyone, uh, Jeff here. This is a re-recording of a Sunday morning sermon as uh, some of you might have picked up that it didn't record on the day. And so uh, it's not a recording live, but uh, certainly a recording of me running through the sermon again so that you can keep up to date in the series. Uh, this is actually the last one of our series in John's Gospel for now. We're going to be picking it up again in September and from next week we're going to be picking up a new series on James. Let me read passage from the end of John chapter 4 verses 43 through to the end. After the two days he departed for Galilee for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honour in his hometown. So when he came to Galilee the Galileans welcomed him having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast for they too had gone to the feast. So he came up again to Cana in Galilee where he made water where he made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my son dies or my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went in his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Father, we thank you for your word. And even as these uh, guys listen on, I pray that this will be helpful uh, in helping them to understand the passage and that your spirit would speak to them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that many people who believe in God will not be in his kingdom? Many people who believe in God will not experience the new life that he offers. And many people who believe in God will not enter into the new creation. And yet, John's Gospel tells us that it is by believing that you receive life in his name. It's all about belief, and yet there's a difference in belief. There's a belief that leads to life, eternal life, and there is a belief that falls short. A belief that leads not to eternal life, but rather eternal punishment, as Matthew puts it in his Gospel. So understanding the kind of belief that John is talking about is really important. In fact, your life depends upon it. Listen again to how John sums up what his gospel is all about. Now, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now, what's the first part of this verse? Jesus did many other miraculous signs. And what's a sign? Well, uh, they tell us something that we need to know and they point us in the right way. What's another word for signs here? Well, it would be miracles, wouldn't it? So the miracles that Jesus did are supposed to point us to something. We're not supposed to be fascinated in the signs themselves, but rather look at what they tell us and what they point us to. 
boys and girls, maybe some of you uh, might have been to Dublin Zoo over the Easter holidays. Well, imagine you, you decide to head to Dublin Zoo, you pack up the car, you head off uh, from here. It takes ages to get close. You're following the signpost for Dublin and then boom, there it is. The first sign for the actual zoo on the motorway. So what do you do, will you? You pull the car over, don't you, under that hard shoulder and you park up and you, you look at that sign for the rest of the afternoon. There it is, the sign for Dublin Zoo. Well, I mean, that's not what's supposed to happen, is it? Just before Easter, we looked at a man called Nicodemus. He was a man who believed, but when he came to Jesus, at least initially, he didn't believe in such a way that he had life in Jesus' name. He believed that Jesus was a teacher from God, but he didn't believe that Jesus was actually the Son of God. And so this morning, we're going to look at another man and his belief, his faith, and it grows to be the very type of belief that John and Jesus want us to have in order to have life. So the question is, what does it really mean to believe in Jesus? Well, let's see what John has to say to that question. Let's jump into the text. Verse 43, Jesus has just spent some time in Sychar. That's the town near the well where he met the Samaritan woman. And remember, she had met with Jesus and then went back into the town and said, come and see, come and see Jesus. And, and they did. Many came to believe in him as a result, and they asked him to stay with them. So after Jesus had spent a couple of days in Sychar, we're told that he departs for Galilee. Now there's something intriguing here. Notice what verse 44 says. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honour in his hometown. So Jesus has just been to Samaria, not his hometown, and he's been welcomed there. And people believed in him. But now he's about to head back to the Jewish people of Galilee, his hometown, and we're kind of set up for a not such a welcome response, aren't we? So verse 45 seems to take us by surprise. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Maybe like me, you're thinking, what? Jesus was welcomed by them? We thought maybe he was going to get some sort of beating or something, didn't we? So what did Jesus mean when he said that he would not be honoured in his own time. Either the text is in a bit of a muddle or there is a difference between welcoming Jesus and honouring him. And I'm convinced that it's the second. In fact, the following verses gives us an example of what Jesus means. It really unpacks what Jesus means by this statement. It shows us what it is to really believe in Jesus. Verse 46. So he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. So Jesus is back to Cana. Uh, this is where the first miracle uh, Jesus does takes place. Jesus had turned the water into wine at, at a wedding party. But this time, our focus isn't drawn to celebration, but rather deep concern and sadness. There is a man who has a son who is really ill. And we're told that he was an official probably working for King Herod. He lived in Capernaum, which is about 20 miles away. But he hears word that Jesus is in Cana and so leaves his son on his deathbed and sets out to meet Jesus. Presumably, this man had heard about the miracle that Jesus had done at the wedding. And so in a last ditch attempt to save his son, he seeks Jesus. It seems likely that this man would have been travelling by foot, especially given the time frame that it took him to get home later in the story. And this would have been an uphill journey for a man who was no doubt exhausted already from the turmoil of having a child so ill. 
And so he reaches Jesus and asks him to come down to heal his son. But Jesus' response takes us off guard, doesn't he? We don't expect it. Here we have a man who earnestly desires his son not to die. He's desperate. He comes to Jesus, whom we know is a person who is very much able to save his son, to bring about healing. And this is what Jesus says. Verse 48, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. What? I mean, Jesus, this man's son is, is on his deathbed. Is this really how you should respond? Well, some people might suggest that Jesus needs to go on some sort of pastoral care course. But what we need to remember is that Jesus knows exactly what is going on in this man's heart. He knows that this man is coming to him because he is looking for a miracle for his son. If Jesus wasn't doing miracles, this man wouldn't have had an interest in Jesus. His focus is on his son and what he wanted and not really on Jesus. It's on the sign rather than what it's supposed to point him to. And this was too important a thing for Jesus just to pass over. And actually what Jesus said wasn't just aimed at this man individually. Jesus was saying that this man was really like a representative of all of those who lived in Galilee, the Jews. They welcomed Jesus, as we read earlier, but they welcomed Jesus because of the signs, the miracles that he was able to do. But it's as if they got stuck on that. The idea of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of God, the one whom they would confess their sin before, repent and bow down and worship. Well, no, they, they really didn't welcome that Jesus. The signs were pointing to Jesus, but they got stuck looking at the signs themselves and not on what they pointed to. Jews were obsessed with signs, generally speaking. And, and even whenever they saw them, they did not really believe in Jesus as the Son of God the one who could save them from their sin and give them new life. Let's get back to what Jesus says here. When Jesus said, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe, Jesus isn't just speaking to the official here. He's saying to all those around, you're looking at the signs rather than what it is to point you to. You're focused on the fireworks rather than the reason that they're being set off. You just want to witness spectacular events but this type of belief is not enough. And maybe you're listening on and you are like Jesus. Maybe you say that you believe in him, but your belief in Jesus is a bit like a genie in a lamp. You just come to him when you want something. And you believe in a sense that, well, you know he has the power to help you. And so you pray. When you're sick, you pray. You want him to heal you. When you're two minutes from the start of an exam and you've done a revision, you pray. You want his help. When you're about to ask someone out on a date but you're struggling for courage, well then you pray. When you're out of work and you're needing employment, well then you pray. But that's not the sort of belief where you believe in him to be the son of God, where you come and ask him to save you from your sin, where you repent and seek to live with Jesus as Lord of your life. No, that's a different type of belief. Now if you believe in, in him in this way, well then you're absolutely right to come to him in prayer about everything else. But it needs to be that way around. It's only the second type of belief that leads to the type of life that Jesus is offering. Well, it seems that the official in John's gospel, this rebuke to the people, rather than knocking him and causing him to turn and leave Jesus, it, it provokes his faith. Verse 49 shows that he repeats his request. Sir, come down before my son dies. 
But Jesus must detect that for this officer, it isn't just a belief that he can do miracles, but rather real belief, one where he truly trusts him. So what's Jesus' response? Verse 50, go, your son will live. I wonder how you'd respond to Jesus if that was you. You've just walked 20 miles in the heat to ask Jesus to come back with you to your house, hoping that he might be able to save your son's life. In fact, twice you've asked him to come down to your house to heal him. Rather than going down with you, Jesus just says a few words. Go, your son will live. Well, I'm sure it disappointed the crowds. The crowds who loved the spectacular signs. But rather they got words. And so too did the officer. And so he has a choice. What does he do with the words of Jesus? Can he trust the words of Jesus? Does he believe them to be true? Well, notice this man's response, verse 50. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went in his way. The man would have had no way of knowing the condition of his son there and then. There was no Snapchat or instant messenger. He'd have to wait till a later date to clarify the results. But this officer listened to Jesus' words and he trusted that they were true. So much so that he turned and went in his way. And so he heads back home. It's not just 20 minutes in the car, however. It's already the next day when word reaches him through his servants that his son was recovering. Can you imagine the smile on his face when he hears that? And what was it that the father asks his servant at this point? What time did it happen? And their response, yesterday at the seventh hour. Well, the father knows that this is no coincidence, and so should we. The father recognised that this was the, the very time when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And what was the result? Well, it seems it is increased belief, increased faith. And so the officer and his household, his family, they believed. I wonder if you spot the difference. The difference in the belief at the start of the story, a belief that wanted Jesus to help them out, to do a miracle, a great sign, to a belief in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, through whom they experienced this new life. Not just the official, but his whole family now believed in Jesus and they had this new life that the Spirit brings about. The life that John tells us about at the end of his Gospel. What was one of the verses we focused on in the very first chapter of John's Gospel? Well, it says this, He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Here is Jesus in Galilee with his own people. And they were missing the point. They were happy to receive the signs, but not him as Christ, not him as the Son of God, not him as their Lord and Saviour. But there were some, some who against the grain, they did receive him and they did believe in him and they were made children of God. But don't miss what God uses to bring about this belief within the family because he uses sickness, doesn't he? What if his son had not been ill? What if he had not come to Jesus that day? I know that for some of you who are listening, you're going through experiences today that you would not choose. But often it's the way that God chooses to work. Often it's how he brings people to the point of belief. Often 
It's how he grows people's belief. And sometimes it's how he exposes that the belief that they have claimed with their lips is not real belief at all. And so if that's you today, my question is, well, how are you responding? Are you believing? Are you seeking to grow in your belief? Certainly our prayer. Well, the kind of belief we see in the official is summed up in verse 50. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. So I wonder, as you hear the words of Jesus, do you trust them to be true? As you've looked at one of the signs in John's gospel, have you got stuck looking at the signpost? Whoa, look, Jesus, he's brought this little boy from, from almost the point of death. Or are you seeing what it points to? And Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Listen to these famous words of Jesus found a a couple of chapters before in John's Gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 18 then, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. You see, the belief here is not merely just a belief that there is a God, and even Satan himself believes that. No, the belief here is a belief in Jesus as the Son of God and a trusting in him to save you, living with him as your Lord. And that's the type of belief that we're talking about here. For those with this type of belief, well then, like the officer, you can hear the words of Jesus. Whoever believes is not condemned, and you can walk away knowing that it is true. You know that your sins are forgiven through what Jesus did in the cross, like we talked about over the Easter weekend. And you can trust that Jesus' words are sure. You will no longer receive punishment for your sin. Jesus has already taken the punishment. And you can trust that one day he will come back to bring his people into the new creation to be with him, enjoying the eternal life, just as he says he will. But for those who do not believe, who do not believe in a sense that they are putting their trust in what Jesus has done for their salvation, repenting and seeking to live under Jesus' lordship, well then, this is not going to be your experience. You will stand in judgment. You will take the punishment for your own sin. And so can I urge you to make sure that you are standing with those who believe, that you are with those who have entrusted their life to Jesus. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And that's real belief. Believing that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do and living your life out in response to that truth. And so might this be each of our responses today.